1: Good morning, Lucky Lefty Podcast. We were unable to do a show yesterday. We're brought to you by Nora Whiskey at norahwhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey AnoraWiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure you do so responsibly. I know you guys are looking at me crazy, right? So here it is. I lost a bet with my younger brother on the basketball court and the bet was, is that I could not get a shave or a haircut for three weeks. (laughs) So this is my final day of this bet. I cannot wait to go see my barber. It has been frustrating. It's one thing to just let your hair grow because you have a plan. But to not be able to do anything because of a bet, man, it's the last day you see your boy looking like this. Apple Podcasts or Spotify, CFB Nation and Conjunctual Irish Breakdown, all of our great content. Make sure you lock in, CFB Nation. We need you to go over there and follow us. Great content, CFB All-American, Rise and Drive, Ryan Roberts. Lock in with us so we go exclusively in the fall. You know what to do. You too. The thumb. Hit it. We appreciate you guys. Leave your comments. We respond to all. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spend it different. I want to start off by playing this. Marcus Freeman talking about 1A and 1B when it comes to his roster and how he sees it.
3: Yeah, I look at the DB position, right, the, the safety position. That's a deep group. right? You talk about Houston and DJ and Brandon Joseph and, and Ramon and Xavier. That group will have a 1A and 1B for sure and um, it's something going into the spring you probably didn't know, the D-line is extremely deep, you know, and and that's with Jason not practicing, you know, but with Foskey and Justin and um, Howard Cross has had an unbelievable spring, I mean an unbelievable spring and he's done a great job and Lacey and I go on and on, but I, I think the depth of our our middle, right, up the middle, we're really, really deep, especially defensively from the D line um, to the linebackers to the safeties. Right up the middle we're deep. You know, we have to continue to develop some young guys. You know, Cam's out, Cam's out at corner, so we got to develop some young guys at corner. Um, the, the O line, I, don't, I wouldn't say we're 1As and 1Bs yet, but I'm really, really pleased with some of those 1As. Um, and so, again, the running back position would never be. I think up the middle we're really, really strong. You know, and, and we have to continue to develop on the edges.
1: Marcus Freeman, just last season, talking about his vision for the roster, being 1A and 1B. We're going to talk about that. Have they gotten to a point where the roster is now 1A and 1B? And can Marcus, visions, Marcus Freeman's vision, uh, can we see it? can we see it left what's good man we're here
4: we're here today
1: we're here bro left let me ask you a question before we get to this comment we just heard from Marcus Freeman talking about his roster and being 1A and 1B and then we're going to get to the first topic with Notre Dame which is we know the three big games The bulk of the responsibility for those three games, do they rest on Marcus Freeman and his shoulders, or do they rest on the players? Are those three games about Marcus Freeman, or are those three games about Notre Dame and his players? We're going to get to that. Answer, make sure, I just told everybody, you see me left. I've been looking like this for three weeks, bro. Mm
4: Mm-hmm. You're i lost right.
1: the, i lost the bet to my younger brother on the basketball court
4: oh man
1: today is the final day of the bet i go, I finally get to go get a haircut tomorrow
4: Say so you had to keep that thing growing out huh? bro this has been man so it's so, so you don't like the growing out the hair process
1: no i like growing my hair out when i know i'm growing it out but when someone is telling me that i can't get a cut Mm. <laughs> because I lost the bet, you're starting, at to least, start,
4: you're starting to notice every hair that grows in. You no, know,
1: at least let me line up the beard, yeah, or get a lining or something. I put in for you know, I put in paperwork last week via text, like, Man, can I please at least go get a lining? I'm doing Jay, a podcast, like, help me
4: out, you know, right?
1: Man. He's like, No, <laughs> a bet is a bet, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's crazy ll question of the day now this is going to be a quirky question left if you're home alone and you have to use the restroom do you close the door if you're home alone and you have to use the restroom do you close the door (laughs) <laughs> it's the LL question of the day. We'll get to it in a little bit, bro. When
4: well, you have kids, though,
1: it's. what I said, <laughs>
4: that's, that's, see, that's <laughs>
1: that's funny. See, I'm looking at the comments now. You lose, and they're making, the door. <laughs> me, and they're making me feel better. I'm looking at some of the comments now, and they're making me feel better. (laughs) So, Marcus Freeman talked about 1A, 1B. They face off against USC, Ohio State, Clemson. I think Marcus Freeman matured as a head coach. As always, we give credit to other people that covered Notre Dame. Uh, Pete Sampson recently put a great article on The Athletic about Marcus Freeman, year one to year two. Go read it if you haven't read it, folks. It's a really good article. But we pointed out that we saw the light bulb go off of Marcus Freeman halfway through his first year. Not so much for 2022, but he saw what he had wasn't it. And he made difficult decisions halfway through his first year that were more long-term decisions rather than decisions for that season. So for me, Marcus Freeman has already gone there. He beat Clemson. That was a big game. He beat Clemson. He went out to LA against USC. Didn't have enough weaponry, offensively or defensively, to really deal with USC. Loses
4: yeah. yeah, we didn't, yeah, we didn't have the personnel quite right.
1: Yeah. Loses his first bowl game by dominating the first half. Got blamed for not making adjustments. Well, Comes back in the Gator Bowl. South Carolina jumps out early. He makes the adjustments. Notre Dame wins. He's able to coach over his quarterback, committing three turnovers. Yo, clap the hands for him. Yeah. My point is, at this point, as the Notre Dame roster, to the point where you can roll the ball out in these three big games and say, hey, it's on you all big dogs. Go eat, go eat. Like this is what a program is, go eat. Or will this still be something that is heavily controlled by the game planning going into these games? I'm, I'm interested in how you view this, Left. I really am. Is it a game by game thing? Or do you think collectively you'll have the same thought process?
4: Uh, I think it's probably a game to game. Every the the mantra you roll into the season with is you want to be a one and O mentality. So uh, game to game is definitely for a schedule that we have is what needs to be in the focus of remaining in the present, and remaining in the present helps you not surmise the whole schedule and be like man it's gonna to be tough to get to the playoffs but you start uh 1 and to each week i mean that going that's going to build on each other and put us in good position but you know i think it's it's better one step at a time with the focus in mind of the bigger picture preparation is something
1: Now remember when He came out that Monday before Clemson and he stood up before the media and he said, oh, we're ready to go right now. Like if we had to play today, my team is ready. And I was like, yo, I don't know if that's like disrespectful towards Syracuse, Mm. (laughs) you know what I'm saying, like. We we knew we'll smash those dudes. So we've been preparing for Clemson for like two weeks. Or if that was just really a focus that they had coming out of their Sunday practice. Yeah. To be locked in and focused on the task at hand and knowing exactly what they need what they needed to do from a game plan standpoint to defeat the Clemson Tigers. Game plan, in my opinion, and Ll, please chime in. How many times was the game plan a big issue for you going into
4: games last year, left? So early on, it was it was pretty frustrating for me because for who we were playing and what we had on the team at the time and what we should have been uh, anticipating, it was underwhelming to be going into games like Marshall. Mm-hmm. I, 10 points before half. Uh, Going into Stanford, scoring a total of, what, 12? Ohio State, even though we played great defensively, only putting up 14. Mm -hmm. So it it, it makes it worse when articles like the brilliant young minds in college football and Tommy Reese is number one. (laughs) You're like... Well, where was those brilliant minds when we're scoring 12 and 14 and 16 against teams we should be beating? So that's what made it frustrating is because apparently we had the answer already at play calling. Mm. The brilliant minds of college football. We had the number one dude. And to be 45th in scoring offense, it doesn't seem too brilliant to me. So now having a, less of an expectation of hype around the offensive coordinator, it brings us back down to reality of, okay, focusing on the team. Mm-hmm. And if the team splash is led by Sam Hartman, oh, okay. They they found their issues. They're able to get on track and the preparation stands out because you got everybody included in the game plan. You heard uh, uh, Jared Parker say he's taking – some, a little bit from everybody and going in on making the right game plan. So I think that collective effort is going to help be better prepared as a team week to week. Uh, but, you know, it's not as disappointing, in my opinion, going into next year as opposed to last year where apparently we had all the answers and wasn't matching that on the field.
1: So, Crying Belly says, let me pull it up here. These are the three games. He felt like the game plan was insufficient. Marshall, Ohio State, and USC.
4: Ohio State, we didn't we didn't try hard. I mean, we played very reserved and conservative. We played like a team that was trying to steal a win instead of a team that was going in there to be a good team versus a good team. We went in there trying to like – play that Philly boxes style, just super, super defense and then try to score points. But instead of coming out trying to be on the offensive, I think that was our issue as from an identity standpoint the last five, six years. In the biggest games of the season, we would never play like the bigger team. We're always playing like the Toledo coming into Notre Dame. It's like we're pretty damn good too. We shouldn't be playing so reserved and hoping that the other team messes up and then we capitalize. It should be we're firing on offense and y'all better keep up or we're going to blow you out. Uh, that needs to be the mentality going into these Ohio State-Clemson-USC games instead of, oh, it's a top five matchup, let's let's see what they got and then try to counter and, you know, no, we got to be on the aggressive in games like that because I think it bodes well for a, a great finish for us, especially going into playoffs where you got to be aggressive. Allow me to take a short detour right quick, and then we'll come back.
1: I was listening to Coach Joe Missoula post-game last night. They got outscored. They gave up, what, 45, 47 points in the third quarter to the Miami Heat. Got outscored by, like, over 20 points after being up nine points at halftime. And he was asked by the media, what could you have done to stop the run? He said, "Hit shots, take better shots, not give up. You know, get offensive rebounds." He named all of these offensive things, and not one time did he say get a
4: stop. Not one time. Did he is say, that because, I think that's because the NBA is so offensively skilled? But it's like now no, get these shots. Not one
1: time did he say get a stop, and I was just boggled. It boggled my mind. Like, really? That's media 101 as a coach. Like, just run the script. Like, just run the script as a coach that you're supposed to say to that question, and it's rebound, get stops, take good shots. That's it. That's the script. That's the script. For that type of, that's the script for that type of question. <laughs> just keep moving. But it shocked me. It brings me to this, right? Here I come back on. To where we were talking about the road we were going down in these big matchups you talked about what notre dame traditionally has done will these games be more about notre dame getting the big stops or notre dame making the big plays offensively in these three big games will it be more about notre dame getting the big stops or Notre Dame getting the big plays
4: offensively? I think if Sam Hartman is doing his job offensively, it'll be about getting big stops against USC. I believe if, if Sam Hartman is doing what he's supposed to, it'll be about making big plays to get Ohio State out of there early. And if it's about Sam Hartman doing what he's supposed to, uh, making big plays in the Clemson game and getting them out early at home is going is, is what's going to be key. I think the only time it needs to be about making stops is when the other team has a better offense, quote-unquote better quarterback, and I think that's for SC. The other two games, we need to establish dominance in the fact that we need to be able to say, hey, Ohio State and Clemson, we're going to score at least 40. So if you can't keep up with that, it's going to be a long day for you.
1: That's, it's interesting you say that. And I can see that game by game in these three big matchups. But for me, fourth quarter in college football against good teams, it's always the teams that get the big stops to me. Right? Because good teams are going to score in today's game if you're a good team. You're going to put up points. I think the difference maker is the ability to get the big stop. At some some point in that fourth quarter, you have to be able to get that big stop. Look, even without the weapons that were missing because of injury, if Notre Dame had gotten one or two stops against USC in the second half, that's a different game. That's a different game. Even with the lack of talent, the quarterback, everything, the injuries and everything, if they had gotten one to two big stops in the second half to give the offense an opportunity to score because they were scoring points, they just couldn't keep up up with Caleb. So it's going to be very interesting, Left, when we talk about these big games and we talk about the roster and how it plays out, where does the bulk of the responsibility lie in 2023? No Preparation boy. is one thing. I'll Let me give you the example. Every game is different. Of course, as a coaching staff, it's your job to make in-game adjustments on the fly. Great teams are prepared for big games. Yes. Right? Now, we know the number of five stars, high four stars that end up at Georgia, end up at Alabama. We don't question that. But it just seems to me at some point Nick Saban and Kirby Smart get their guys prepared and then on the day of the game, Go play. Go play. If there's a key timeout that needs to be made or called, I'll call it. If there's an adjustment we need to make at halftime, we'll do that. But we've prepared. Now it's time to go play.
4: Hmm.
1: Notre Dame needs to be at that point.
4: Yeah. yeah, Notre Dame definitely needs to be at that point.
1: Notre Dame, because I got the feeling in big games with Brian Kelly, that there was always something that needed to be done or we need to find a way to trick this team or find a way to get an extra possession. Or find... It was yeah, always never, about coaching. We
4: never winning the games being like, they have to worry about us. Right. But never. It was always going to be like, how are we going to be smarter? How scheme them. Florida State is a perfect example. Mm. They're coming off a championship year. We're going down to their
1: place. Now, this is the, 14, right? 2014? Yeah. The,
4: the, the, the essence and in, in the whole uh, makeup of that game was we're trying to steal a win. Mm. Like, we're not supposed to be on the same level as them, so we're trying to go down there and shock them. Mm. We're trying to pull it off. Like, we weren't very talented and could have just beat them – you know, being who we are. You know, I thought we had a really good team that year from a, a matchup standpoint. The only difference between our two teams was, you know, they came off a championship last year, and we were coming into, oh, we might we might have something. We got Will on one side, Ev doing all right. Mm-hmm. You know, the defense coming together. We were like, okay, we might be better than what teams are giving us credit for. And we was 5-0 and oh going into that game, so – uh but even with that, they were 5-0, and we were 5-0, and but we were coming into it like we were 0-5. Like we were the Syracuse, chip on the shoulder, underdog. They disrespected us. But if you take a step back, we're Notre Dame. Everybody here was a high recruit, top pick. Had, had, had 30, 40 schools to pick from. And we walking in there like we marshaled. So I think that is what I didn't like about that period of time because we never walked in there like we were going to beat them and they had they was gonna have a problem in their hands but that even went to when we were winning games if we up two touchdowns by the third quarter we're put, taking a foot off the gas so there's no extra gear we had unless it came from a closed game to pull it off but if you up 10 we playing keep away So that relaxed mindset is why in bigger games where you may be up 10, but shoot, you got to play the rest of the game (laughs) or you're going to lose. We were so accustomed to getting up by a comfortable lead or a two-score lead and then just holding that lead. Not necessarily trying to score, more so trying to kill the clock and put the onus on the other team to make some miraculous comeback. That's why we have those crazy disappointing losses to, like, Michigan State with the fake field goal. And, oh, my God. Yeah, all that time. Because we were trying to play to escape with a win. It's the I just
1: watched, literally just watched that game on Big Ten <laughs> Network two days ago. Dane, that was the game Dane Chris was quarterbacking, mm-hmm. right? Michael Floyd was beasting Michigan State. They went up seven in the fourth quarter, had the ball in midfield. Dane Chris, Michael Floyd has the DB beat by like five yards. <laughs> Dane Chris underthrows the ball. Floyd goes up, tries to catch it. DB knocks it away. And Floyd is like, yo, throw the ball out in front of me. Yeah.
4: just mean, oh, it's, the, it's, the, it's the whole mindset of, shit, we're up, and I don't want to be the reason why we lost the league. Oh. Whoa. There were oh so gosh. many
1: opportunities to blow Michigan State out in that game.
4: So many. Kirk Cousins was so trash, dude. So trash, so
1: trash.
4: <laughs> so trash. But but we're the team that let you hang around, Keep, get you in get you in striking distance long enough. Northwestern, great opportunity to blow Northwestern out, and we just Trevor Simeon just letting them hang on, letting yeah. them hang on. Yeah. letting them hang on. We miss an extra point. Then Trevor said, come down, big play, big play. It was like, dang, this is Northwestern. <laughs> this is Northwestern. And Northwestern has giving us one of Northwestern's best classic games of all time.
1: Oh my god. Northwestern
4: is still probably talking about that game. Yes. With Trevor Simeon. Yes, still to this day. And the fact that we let we let them, it goes back to us being in control of our own destiny of winning the championship where we choose not to win one. It's the same thing we choose not to step on people's necks when we're beating them. We got this good stewardship, fake sportsmanship thing where so the
1: stewardship has extended to the football. It's
4: extended to the football. We're not when's the last time we're trying to embarrass a team 56 to 7? When's the last time no Dame did that in the last 10 years? Maybe an academy school in there, maybe. But we haven't taken a Purdue and just say, you know what, Purdue, we're just gonna show you this year. Y'all ain't in no competition. we beating y'all 40 to nothing, 40 to seven, and it is what it is. Every Big Ten game we have with teams that we're way better than is always like a six-point game or a a, a 10-point victory or 14-point. We ain't never had no 28-point victory against no relevant team. When the last time we beat Stanford by 28? And we had a run of whooping Stanford for like five or six years straight. And all those wins, we ain't put no 28-plus on them. Hell, USC beat us 40-plus points one year when they were decent. So that's the difference that I want to see from Marcus Freeman, which we were so excited about what Marcus Freeman brought to the team when he was going into the Fiesta Bowl was we're not going to start slow. That was our claim to fame. with Brian Kelly. We're going to start slow second half get it closer by the uh, middle of the third and then finish in the fourth. Marcus Freeman come out Fiesta Bowl, it changed the whole perspective of the team. Like, damn, we we scored fast. I don't have to wait till the third quarter to start watching Notre Dame football. Cuz for the the last 10 11 years, you can you can you can honestly click to the game at halftime and not miss a thing. <laughs> <laughs> You may miss one or two highlight throws, one or two runs, maybe. Mm. But no damn games don't get started till halftime. And that's, and, and that's every single, it's every big game. It's like, even last year, we didn't start whooping up on Clemson until the second half. That first half is like, okay, we are real, real, okay, let's see what you got. Oh, they got some, they coming out strong and giving us their best shot. Every time, it's not until we say, "You know what? We we, we might just we not want we'll to waste no time with them. We need to go home and get and get out early. Get this running clock going. Whatever we need to do, because we, it's it's disrespectful. They stepping on the same field as us."
3: That's how we need to be t- it's, it's like, y'all
4: can't know they didn't do what? Oh, no, no, no. You would have thought psychologically it helped when they moved the, the tunnel. You know, <laughs> we gave y'all a little sliver of the stadium to come through as opposed to coming through ours. You know, that's supposed to psychologically help. I hated
1: that. I hated that. I hated <laughs> that. The tunnel was all dude. The tunnel historically has been about trash talking. Yeah. This is when we let you know in this tunnel before we run out what's about to happen. <laughs> it's going down. You hear me? Yes. What's up? We dare y'all to say something. Say something. We're going to whoop y'all to the tunnel, and then we're going to go out there and whoop you on the field. That's right. See, when they did that little entrance to the left, I'm like, see, Notre Dame, they just hate confrontation. This is swag. Yeah, they they, yeah, they hate man swag. Man. They, definitely hate, yeah. they just hate
4: swag.
2: That's we all too, about swag, too.
1: bro. We too get stewards for that. Dude, I don't care if it's back in the day with Colorado, where they still do it, used to run out with the Buffalo, the Orange Bowl, when Miami used to run out with the smoke. Like, dude, Michigan running out, the same tunnel, hitting the little banner. Like, it's all swag. It's all swag. And Notre Dame, when it comes to games,
4: the big games, is too professional. They want to have the... The box seats all cleaned up. I mean, them, them seats on top of the stadium is like apartments. They ain't even like, they're they not even suites. They're apartments, townhouses, condos, chandelier in the middle of it. what? That's not swag.
1: I mean, we walk down the stairs from the locker room, right? I'm sure they show it on the big screen. As the players file down out of the locker room, they bang the, you know, play like a champion. They bang that. Yo. Why can't we treat it like, let me tell you something, man. I've never been there, but on TV, because I'll tell you now, I've said this on record. Clemson, that stuff y'all do is trash. That little bus ride around, that's trash.
4: Y'all need to, read. Y'all they, need to they, read. The thing isn't built next to this. it's some yeah. weird thing, it's, how they thing is set up where their whole facility yeah. is, a walking distance from the stadium with something crazy that's, that's trash it's trash virginia is the, the same bus. way virginia is the same way they Coach take this the bus. bus across the street it's like
1: <laughs> that's trash my G. i'm telling hey that's trash trash. That's trash trash now virginia tech walking through coming down a little tunnel with the joint playing in the background, building up—that's hype. Yeah. Look, here come the Irish. That's cool. But what's the build-up to it? The build-up used to be both teams in the tunnel. Yeah. Now that's gone. What's the build-up now? Man, we need an intro. We need something. We need music playing while they're banging on the plate like a champion. Something. 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 Get a Chicago Bulls video interest or something. Ah. <laughs> uh, something. <laughs> can we get some can we get some swag, man? Some swag, please. But ultimately. These games will come down more to the coaching staff or the players. That's where we sit. Is this more about Marcus Freeman having these See, I think Marcus Freeman has shown, in my opinion, that his teams will be ready to play. Good teams. They were ready to play Ohio State. You can yeah, talk about game plan. Yeah, they were ready. ready. They walked into the horseshoe, especially defensively. They walked into the horseshoe and set the tone. Defensively. They were ready to play. Clemson, they were ready to play. USC. So for me, I think Marcus Freeman has answered the question of against big teams and big games, will Notre Dame be ready to play? Yeah. I I, I think he's answered
4: that. I think he's answered that.
1: If he's answered that, these games are about the players. That's just my opinion.
4: Yeah, yeah. Because we got the piece that we were missing for the players to get inspiration from. It's like, okay, we got – we got the guy that you want to play for. Now we gotta rely, put the energy and effort on being at that level of where our coach is, match that energy, and then and then change that perception of how we go into bigger games. Before we were looking for that piece to uh-huh. to give us the confidence going into that game. We didn't have it for Brian Kelly. You go to a Brian Kelly pregame speech. You not hype. You're not ready. You're not more ready to play. It's just like damn this pregame is left,
1: left, wait a minute, man. <laughs> can, can, you, can you impersonate his speeches though? It's just what, like what, you what know, was the Brian Kelly speech like, bro? It
4: just it just wasn't it wasn't getting the crowd going. Wait a bit.
1: Here's Brian Kelly.
4: It was like okay, I'll give you a perfect example.
1: Prior to Texas. I
4: will give you a perfect example.
1: Okay, okay. It's
4: like you're trying to go out hang out with your friends at the mall, right? but you know you gotta ask your mom first before you go. Right, right. And she's tripping on you all the time about being with your friends. I always got these comments about your friends and being in trouble, this and that. Okay. So you ask, hey mom, can I go to the mall with my friends? And She's like, yeah, but don't go by yourself nowhere. Make sure they taking care of you. Make sure you don't go nowhere by yourself. Make sure you answer the phone. You only be there for an hour. It's just like, dang, now I don't even wanna go no more. Uh huh." That's a Brian Kelly speech. He goes in there and says, hey, we got to do this. If we do this, we're going to come out with a victory and we're better than this team. And, I, and you're like, man, I don't even want to play no more, man. I, you should just let me just go. You should just kept it short. You should just said, you know, this is our chance to go do it, whatever. You done took it to making it not corny, but just unmotivated. And I think that instantly changed when Marcus Freeman came into the picture because now you're leaning on the words Marcus Freeman is saying, because you can believe it. Nobody can, nobody's going to believe Coach Kelly's rah-rah speeches going into the game because it's like, come on, going to battle, really? You don't even look like the person you're going to battle with. Marcus Freeman look like a character that he'll go to battle with you. If you had jumping that foxhole with Marcus Freeman, I'll jump in there with him. So some of that is just Perspective. Coach Kelly, you're not jumping in no hole for Coach Kelly. He's sending you to the hole to jump in, but he ain't going to jump in with you. You're going to be like, hey, that's where you got to go. I'm going to be back here, though. Yo. Yo.
1: So Coach Kelly will send you over the hill like you can win.
4: You can win, (laughs) but I will be back here directing. (laughs) Marcus Freeman is like, I will lead us over the hill, and we will come back victorious. So you're like, okay, okay, we can do that. Ryan Kelly's like the king in the castle, is sending the army off. It's like, oh, he's fighting for this Buster head dude. He don't know nothing about no sword, no axe, no combat.
1: Oh, man. You know. Jay Carr said, did he
4: ever use his southern accent during his pregame speech? <laughs> no, man, this man, Coach Kelly, man. But the thing is, what Coach Kelly does do good is because, you know, some people, it's like little league coaches, little league football coaches. Some little league football coaches be wanting to go out there just so they have an, an audience for them kids to listen to these dudes rant about the past stuff that they've been through. You know, those parents that just want to drop all the time these life lessons to these kids that ain't trying to... It's like, man, coach basketball. You out here giving these long diatribes to these kids about working hard and going to the next level because you didn't make it. It's like, they're they not the same, you know? These kids are good kids. You in the streets. You didn't make it. That's sort of how you end with with Coach Kelly. It's like, man, what he does do well is give you the assistant coaches that you can lean on. He'll give you an offer. Great to talk to before games. To give you a he stand. Great to talk to before games. He gives you guys that you're like, okay, I may not listen to his rallying cry, but, you know, I got some pretty good coaches that help me get ready. I can stay focused, whatever. So um, it's one of those things that <laughs> you kind of laugh at because you, you start to see the difference in, yeah, he's a good coach, but he's a good coach in certain areas. Not every head coach you play for is going to be the one you want to go out there and run through walls for. Not that you necessarily need it. I'm sure there's teams as one where the coach wasn't the rallying cry. But they were good in other aspects. And I think we're an example of that. We weren't diehard Brian Kelly, you know, like they are Dabo. But we could still win games too because of what we had as a structure.
1: That's interesting. Lucky Lucky podcast. So, interesting about what you guys think in the chat. LL question of the day. Let's get to it, Left. If you are home alone, if you are home alone, and you have to use the restroom. Do you close the door? Let's see what everybody's saying. love. Like, Behart says seventy four says yeah because you don't know if someone's gonna come home. Notre Damon? yeah because you don't want that to linger down the hall, etc. Cetera.
4: Etc. Cetera. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the original cloth they glide. Yes, I close it out of habit. Josh Miller, I got news for you. When people are home, I don't close the doors. My house. (laughs) (laughs) Brian Anthony, yes, absolutely. Close the door. Mike K. If I'm duking, always. Thank you, Mike K. Mike Sullivan, yeah, I feel uncomfortable for some reason with it open. Jay Carr, nah. Anthony O says he always does marcel said by habit i still do and i got jason smith sometimes i of habit, it but sometimes no so the reason why i do this right do you have a favorite restroom well most people have a favorite restroom because they so like when food. i
4: lived in the apartments I really enjoyed. Not really enjoy. <laughs> no. no, for real. I really enjoyed the lobby bathroom.
1: Okay. Okay. Just
4: like just like fancy hotels, I enjoy the bathroom in the lobby more than the room bathroom. Or a lot of it is because there's space. Mm-hmm. A lot of it because you know they are cleaning it every day. Facts is is usually a good getaway. Little little 5 10 minute break from, you know, you probably with a group or something. But also is because even if you are messy, it ain't your problem, it ain't your bathroom. You ain't using your toilet paper, you using the lobby toilet paper. Hmm. So you can say you can stay, you can keep your own bathroom clean and just use the lobby bathroom. It's like using those uh those one time toothbrushes you use and you throw it away. You get another toothbrush instead of just dirtying up your own bathroom. You got those smells all in your own house, apartment, whatever. You just go to the lobby. Lobby got the nice privacy, you know. They got the nice little stall. Nobody's trying to come after you and rush you. You know what I mean? You you you. Underrated, and they usually have the little candles and smell goods in the back. You're like, Man, ain't, that's, they changed the air softener, the air, air freshener. Right, right. So it's, it's much more commercial use. You like it more.
1: So we have multiple restrooms here, but my favorite restroom is <laughs> my favorite restroom to use is the one on the main level that's the closest to the front door. Mmm. So that's right. It's a true story, bro. It's a true story. My daughter, she was home. She goes to a barbecue the other day. The game is on. So I leave the door open and I never do this, Left. I always close the door. Yeah,
4: because she's like, I can't miss this.
1: <laughs> I leave the door open so I can hear. The game, right? And so only to realize that the supply closet is right outside the door and I did not check the (laughs) roll next to me. So by the time I figure out, yo, I have to go out and get supplies, some more tissue. I'm simultaneously getting up to do that and the front door pops open. Mm, the worst. And I hear multiple voices, bro. So it's, oh, not just, voices. it's not just baby girl, it's her friends as well. So a ima- man, hey man, I look, people are laughing the chat. Imagine your boy <laughs> <laughs> doing the pain you start
4: making noise. Hey, 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 hey. hey, hey. <laughs> Hey hey, 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 we and they start making, start smacking stuff on the floor. Oh, oh, oh making motion, <laughs> <bullshit. laughs> <laughs> love, love, cause you know, like I
1: have to paint this picture, dude. You know, you might some people might just totally, you know, <laughs> disrobe when they go to the yeah. restroom. Yeah, some people. You know, yeah, some I mean, some people totally disrobe just to be comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah, because there's nothing worse than sweating while you're doing it. It's nothing yes, worse. I just happen to have, you know, my, <laughs> my joints around my ankle.
4: You're just totally vulnerable right now. <laughs> so I'm doing the fast penguin. Because <laughs> you can't walk all the way right. you just all the way like, this is the worst <laughs> somebody can catch me in right now. If somebody called me right now, it'd be Team Bird I'd be embarrassed. Like, I can't say nothing. It's like, it's, you got me, dog. <laughs> you got to start knocking we, stuff on the floor like a robber's in the house. I'm to <laughs> you know, slow them down. So, Jason Smith, he says the poo-poo shuffle. Dog. And it's so I'm funny because you like, just take them off, but you like, no, I got to keep around my ankles for some reason. It's the bro.
1: It's something to be- man i i man i'm a person that does very, i think very well under pressure left but for some reason when those keys hit
4: that door you you, you come and get more. <laughs> you like whoa i was like i was like wait a minute that's what the saying came heck? from you caught me with my pants around my ankles because it's, yes, it's, 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 it's nothing they absolutely more. caught me with my pants around my ankles. There is, like, so much shock involved. It's like, wait a minute. This is not how I planned it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't have an exit strategy. It's not a real oh. exit strategy. It's like, oh, my goodness, really. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, yeah.
1: Man, thank Great. God I got back in just in time. You know, it was still, and I stayed in the I stayed in the restroom like an extra ten minutes, bro.
4: Yeah, yeah, just to make uh, sure. <laughs> you got to hear what they' chatting about, like when the door closed again. Like, what was?
1: No, thing? I was just waiting for them to go upstairs. Like, you know, they went to the they went to the kitchen. Got to clear the whole. Room, they got the whole some floor. snacks. I'm like, man, God, these these girls have to go upstairs, bro.
4: I gotta go to the attic before I get out this.
1: <laughs> like, please go upstairs to her room. Please go upstairs to her room. And finally, they retired upstairs to her room. And I was able to come out and watch the rest of the Lakers and the Nuggets, bro. But yeah. I should have just done what I've always done. Check the roll before I sit down and close the door behind me. I would have been just fine. I would have been just fine, bro. <laughs> Lucky Lefty podcast. So, when we come back, there seems to be disrespect being thrown towards Notre Dame. And, oh, by the way, I talked to Justice Scott yesterday for about a couple of minutes via text. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. Lucky Lefty podcast. We.